Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. I'm here with you every single day of the week in one way, shape, or form, but nonetheless, on this Wednesday podcast, that's right, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. That means it's also mailbag time. In the second half of this podcast is when I dive into the Ride or Die Cruise mailbag, which you all, again, did not disappoint some really good questions. I kind of previewed some of them. Some really, really good questions coming up in the second half of this podcast. But the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is gearing up for the Seattle Seahawks in week six, and a lot of fans are excited. A lot of fans are jacked up. A lot of fans saw in the AFC North things started to change a little bit. What happened? Are the Steelers still alive? We're going to talk about all that and then some during this podcast. But before we get started, I can't start a show without first plugging BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The podcast platform, although it is its own entity, is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of Vox Media, which is a part of SB Nation. Other way around, SB Nation is a part of Vox Media, but you get it. In the podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts, in case you stumbled upon this in the article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, or maybe you just were strolling through uh, on any platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, Pandora, it doesn't matter. If you just stumbled on this, make sure you subscribe, you follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't just get my show which I hope that you enjoy, and I hope you listen to every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I know my ride or, cry, my ride or die crew doesn't let me down. But at the same time, I hope you're checking out all our other shows, the live mic on Tuesdays, the Stat Geek on Thursdays with Dave Schofield, all the noon lineup, our PM shows, it's all there for you. Make sure you check it out. All right, let's get this show on the road, shall we? The topic of today, I was sitting at work, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, The Steelers won. It's been a while. It's been a while since the Steelers have won a football game. Week one, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. What am I going to talk about here? I wanted to think of a good topic. So I finally found it. Came to me. Messaged Brian Anthony Davis, podcast producer. I had a couple ideas. Said, hey, which one do you like the best? And we finally agreed on one. And here's what it is. The Steelers can't afford to look beyond the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to actually add something to this. The Steelers fan base shouldn't look beyond the Seattle Seahawks. This will all make sense. Okay. Let's start where let's start at the beginning. Where we should start. Look, the big win. The big win in week five, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, although the teams that they had beat to get to three and were less than great, we'll put it that way. They were three and They're a good football team, and more importantly, they're a really good defense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers had a good game. They had a good game. It was a big win. And after a big win like that, 
You know, the Steelers had lost three in a row. They hadn't won at home yet. They're one and three. Things are looking abysmal. Fans are talking about the draft already. And things were just, they were, they seemed like, at least in my perspective, in my little world with my Let's Ride podcast, with the website and everything, it seemed like things from a fan perspective were spiraling out of control. That's what it seemed like. Now, on the team and the coach side, now, I try to watch every single press conference that the Steelers make available to the public. And the players, I did not feel that way. Honest to goodness, when I listened to Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, all the other players that were ushered out in front of the media last week, leading up to that Week 5 game, I didn't feel that they were panicking. I didn't feel like they were spiraling out of control. Then that was a fan reaction, and that's what fans do. That's what fans do. They overreact. But after the win, it's easy to start looking ahead. It's easy to start saying, okay, now where do they go from here? Is the sky the limit? Have they turned the corner? Is this a get-right game? I, I fall into that same trap at times as well. as well. I'm not here to say like I'm holier than thou and I never do this. I get caught up in this just like every other fan does. However, I think it's important that his fans, and especially the team, focuses just one game at a time. And even when you think about the division, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, even when you think about the AFC North, you're, you know, you're watching the games on Sunday. Okay, Pittsburgh takes care of business. Oh, Cleveland, they lose in a shootout against the Chargers. They lose a the game. They're 3-2. and two. Cincinnati, in maybe the most bungle-bangle thing you could ever think of, the way that they lost that game with their kicker, celebrating the kick that ended up missing. And I watched it live. It looked like it was good. Trust me. The wind takes it wide left. No good. They're there celebrating. Turns out, missed it. I mean, so that was so Bengals, by the way. So Bengals. Um, but still, they lose the game in overtime to the Green Bay Packers. And now all of a sudden, Steelers are like, oh boy, they're 3-2 and two as well. And then the Baltimore Ravens. They look like they're going to get shellacked. I believe when I went to bed, it was 22-3 to Colts. And I wake up in the morning, Lamar Jackson just went completely berserk throwing the ball, mind you. And they find a way to come back and win in overtime, 4-1. and The Ravens are 4-1. and But still, I think Steeler fans are sitting there thinking, wow, Steelers are 2-3. and They still have five division games left. Yeah, they lost to Cincinnati. They're going to get them again. They still have to play Cleveland twice, Baltimore twice. This thing's going to get interesting. And I get it. I wrote that article. It's going to run on Wednesday morning. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably already on the website. I do it every week, the AFC North, North recap. It's easy to start looking ahead. Heck, that's what I do in the article. Nonetheless, I think that it's important that we always come back to the, the title of this podcast and let's focus solely on the Seahawks. Because even with Seattle coming to town, no Russell Wilson. Oh, boy. Geno Smith is the quarterback. Yes. Geno Smith. That's who's going to be quarterbacking the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football at Heinz Field. And the Steelers are playing well. At least coming off their last game, they're playing well. That was a big win. And so now all of a sudden, you have these fans. And they are starting to, it's like you can hear or see the wheels turning in their head. 
and they're looking at the schedule and they're saying, okay, well, Seattle at home, then a bye week, then we go to Cleveland, then Chicago at home, then Detroit, and they start getting really excited. They get really excited and they start looking at that game, those games that I just mentioned, you know, four games, bye weeks included, five weeks, four games. They're thinking, well, the Steelers could definitely be three and one. And if they're three and one, they could be five and four. They could be five and four heading into the week 11 game against the Chargers. Yes, they could do all those things. They, they really could. But remain singularly focused on every game. Not just this game, every game. When you start to think about the Steelers were one and three, and they're only two and three right now. They need to get to 500 before we even start to think about anything or any lofty goals or expectations. Fans, you can look ahead some. I'm not here to say that you know fans can't look at the schedule and kind of start to piece some puzzles together and see, you know, maybe like for instance, uh, let's say Cleveland, there's a player that suffers a key injury. Well, they play them in week eight. That makes sense. You can look ahead. The, the, the players should have, I mean, we all know. We all remember. We've all heard the stories. Bill Cowher's legendary one-game season in 2005. And that was as the team, I believe, was 7-5. and five. It looked like things were dire. He erased the board and just sit one game at a time. One game at a time. His, the schedule was one game. That's what the Steelers team needs to do. And it's crazy to think that they're doing that in Week 6. But nonetheless, when you start 1-3, and three, that's what you have to do. But more than this, for the fans, speaking for the fans, because it's not like any players listen to my podcast anyways. Enjoy for, for the fans, remind you that this is for the fans. Enjoy the short-term success. Enjoy this short-term success. Even if you think in the back of your mind or in the heart of hearts that it's fleeting. Enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, week five. It was good Ben. Yay! Good Ben Roethlisberger showed up. What was that fun to see? I mean, he, he played well. I think he played his best game of the season so far. Enjoy that. We all know what the other Ben can look like. The offensive line. Yay! They showed up. They look good. The offensive line looks stellar for the first time. Okay, maybe good and stellar are not the proper adjectives. Maybe better is a good adjective. But still, that's something to celebrate. At least for now, because we know what the other half can look like. So enjoy that success. Oh my gosh, the Steelers scored 27 points against the Denver Broncos. Again, good defense. Good defense. Let's not forget that prior to that game, the Steelers averaged barely like under 17 points per game offensively. Najee Harris is a superstar. He might not be a superstar yet, but I'll tell you what, he's going to be. He's going to be. If this offensive line can just duplicate what the what they did on Sunday, oh, he'll be a superstar. He will be a superstar. But, you know, the offensive line has let us down on more than one occasion as fans. So let's enjoy it. And Chase Claypool, huge game. Huge game. Five catches, six targets, 130 yards, touchdown, just monstrous. They're going to need him. They're going to need him with Juju Smith-Schuster sidelined. And they're going to need, they're going to need him. So, Enjoy the short-term success. Like I said, even if deep down inside, you have an honest-to-goodness feeling that this team is just headed in a downward spiral, that they're just on the precipice, getting ready to fall off the cliff. Even if that's the way you feel, enjoy this week. 
Enjoy this week. Enjoy every win. Because if you're sitting there saying, this team, is they stink. <clears throat> They're lousy. They're only going to win four games. Well, wouldn't it be smart to enjoy those four wins then? Instead of constantly looking ahead, constantly wondering what's next. What's next is the Steelers play the Seattle Seahawks. And we behind the Steel Curtain are going to have you ready for that game like none other. But in the meantime, I recommend every single Steeler fan enjoy this victory. We haven't had one as fans since week one. So enjoy it because you never know when it's going to happen again. We all hope it's this Sunday. We all hope it's in prime time and the Steelers kind of start stacking some wins together. Start getting on a roll. Start showing fans some of the potential that we all knew was there this whole time. That's what we hope. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. Only time will tell. But in the meantime, enjoy what we have right now. And that's a win. That's it. All right. Mailbag time. Coming up. Before we get to the mailbag, I, I do have to say this. I don't understand why some people do this. And I'm not sure if the people that do this listen to my show. So I really don't, I don't care. I just think it's funny, to be honest. So, you know, I always do this every, every Tuesday. I put out a tweet, okay, from at, at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I say, hey, I need your Steelers questions. Ride or die crew, you know what to do. And a Shooter McGavin gif, and everyone starts chiming in. And I think that people, after time, you know, if you follow my show and you listen to my podcast, you naturally gravitate towards that tweet. You see it. Maybe you don't have a question, but maybe you look at the questions. I, that, that's fine. It's a public forum. But then people feel the need to go in and answer these questions. I, I don't get that. They didn't ask you the question. But nonetheless, I think it's funny because some people you can see in their responses are like, dude, I didn't ask you this question. Why are you answering it? Hey, it's Twitter. You get away with whatever you want, right? Because you're just behind the keyboard. But nonetheless, I'm going to answer the questions that you, my ride or die crew, have asked me. So stay tuned. We will be right back with the mailbag. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Part two, second segment, whatever you want to call it. Jeff Hartman here, your senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it is mailbag time. And I got to be honest, 
had another good questions, a lot of more, a lot of good questions, to be honest with you. And we're going to go through every single one of them. I will say it every single time I do this show. If you take the time to go on a social media platform that of my liking and submit a question, I'm going to give you my time and I'm going to give you an answer. Might not be the answer that you want, but I'm going to give you that answer. All right, I think we had like 25 replies this time. So let's say, hey, let's get started. Owen David, Steeler Nation, says, Do you think that the Steelers' defense misses Devin Bush's presence, leadership, and organizational skills when he's missing? As soon as he wasn't there Sunday, Denver came back. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew, sorry for getting on your nerves, tweeting you loads. Owen David, you don't get on my nerves. Trust me, you don't get on my nerves. I enjoy talking Steelers. I enjoy answering questions. Even if it's not for the mailbag, you don't have to apologize for anything. All right. So Devin Bush, I do think they miss Devin Bush. Devin Bush is a leader on that defense. He might not be the vocal leader, but he's a guy that he typically, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. And some of, some of you will, I believe he is the one that still has the green dot on the helmet. So everyone thought it was going to be Joe Schobert when they made that trade. Turned out it wasn't Joe Schobert. It was still Devin Bush. And Devin Bush just has this, I don't know, he has this versatility. He has this, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's like a spark. No one else has that. Now, Robert Splane can fill in. Joe Schobert, capable, absolutely. But I will be honest, Devin Bush has not been the same this season. Again, it takes some time to heal. And, and the groin injury, that can be something that lingers. So, yes, to answer your question, I do think they they missed him. All right, Hagan. He asked, why does Tomlin, this guy's a big Pat Fryermuth fan, by the way, why does Tomlin never try to score with under two minutes left before halftime? Never. Thank you. Okay, Hagen, so here, this is a really good question. And the question stemmed from, in my opinion, it, it was it was on Sunday, the Steelers got the ball back, and everyone thought, okay, I think it was about a minute and 30 left. And they might have had one timeout, if that many. The Steelers just kind of seemed content to go into halftime the way it was. I think that Mike Tomlin, he realized, and this is something that Dave Schofield was just yelling about when he was in my house watching the game against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, when the Steelers, Pat Fryermy scored that touchdown, and Dave yelled, they called timeout before that play. Why they call timeout? There's too much time. That's too much time. Like, Dave, calm yourself down. Dave, stop it. Calm yourself down. Dave does not listen to me ever, so that's fine. And he kept on talking about it, and he was right. He was right. I think that Mike Tomlin realized, even though he never admitted it, which that's kind of shady in and of itself, he realized he made a mistake. And so the one thing he didn't want to do is to come out throwing the ball, and next thing you know, the clock gets stopped on an incomplete pass, and they have to give the ball back to Denver, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater... They go down the field. Because remember, in that Cincinnati game, it was set up the same exact way as it was against Denver, meaning the Steelers had the ball. Denver was getting the ball to start the third quarter. So I think Tomlin said, look, we're just going to go into halftime. Our defense is going to come out in the third quarter. We'll live to play another down that time. And they had a lead. Whereas in Cincinnati, they, they score. I believe if they didn't tie it up, they came pretty close. They give up the touchdown to Jamar Chase. And then the Bengals get the ball in the third quarter. Think about that. So I understand the criticism, Hagan. I really, honest to goodness, do. But I do think you have to understand some of the other factors in that. Good question. All right, Brian Haynes, he asks, I'm not naive to think that all of our problems are over after that win. But in my opinion, 
there were some great strides forward. Do you think the Steelers continue or do they fall back? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Brian, one of our greatest fans across the network. I appreciate all that you do and support that you provide. Um, I think that you're going to see strides. That Again, that doesn't mean it's not going to be a bumpy road. It's going to be a bumpy road. It's not going to be smooth sailing. It's not like, oh, the offensive line had a great game, and here we go, to the moon. No, it's not, no, not going to happen that way. They're going to struggle. There's going to be games that are better than others. The last two have been good. If they can continue to have better, you know, better games than they do bad games, they're on the right path. Early in the season, I said it was one step forward and two steps backwards. If they can do two steps forward and one step backward, with this offensive line especially, I'm okay with that. That's still progress. That's still moving forward. And some might say, well, that sounds silly. That's the reality of the situation, in my opinion. All right, Brian Haynes asked another one. He said, actually, not a question this time, but I want to thank you and Behind the Steel Curtain as a whole for keeping my mind off the crap fest I'm living through lately a lot. Um, lately, you guys are awesome. He uses hashtag Ride or Die Crew, hashtag Bad Company, and hashtag Nerds of Steel. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the kind words. I've said it. I, I said it all through the pandemic, and I'll continue to say it. If my show, this Let's Ride podcast, and it's, it has nothing to do with the pandemic, by the way, if anyone's going through a tough time, whether it's personal, work, health doesn't matter. If you can tune into my podcast and for 30 minutes, for 30 minutes, your mind is somewhere else. You're listening to me and your mind is shut off and you're not thinking about that and you're not worried about that. And for that 30 minutes, life is normal. Then I did my job. Then I did my job. And all of us behind the silk curtain did our jobs too. So, Brian, thank you for the kind words. And the fact that you say that tells me that at least for you, I and I, and by I, I mean we are doing our jobs. I hope things improve for you too, buddy. Keep that, keep that in mind. I'll keep you in my prayers. All right, believers ish. <laughs> I love that. I love how he added ish at the end. He said he has two questions, which is cheating. But, anyways, number one, he said, it seemed like Denver did little of the one high safety that most teams run and have success. Did I imagine less than eight in the box, more than or more than eight in the box, more than usual? I think the Denver Broncos, they ran a lot of zone. I have not gone back and watched the game again, nor am I an X's and O's guru. So when I just think back to the game, watching it live, I do think the Broncos strayed from what a lot of teams were doing in terms of the the blueprint that a lot of teams have put forth and said, this is how you beat the Steelers. It seemed like the Broncos were more maybe of the, of the Pittsburgh ilk that says we're going to do what we do no matter what everyone else does. Number two, with Juju down, do you look for his targets to go more to Deontay Johnson and Chase and open the field, or will Pat Fryermuth take them as a possession guy? And then he uses a Shooter McGavin gift. Love it. I absolutely love it because Shooter McGavin's the best. Um, so with Juju done for the year, which, by the way, man, does that suck. Horrible injury. I said it on Monday. I'll say it again. I think the Steelers' offense can actually be more prolific without Juju, and that's not that is not speaking directly to Juju. That is speaking to if you lost any of those weapons. So let's say Chase Claypool goes down. They would still be able to thrive, in my opinion. It's one less mouth to feed 
for Ben Roethlisberger, and that sounds horrible. But you know what? I have five kids. I can say that. <laughs> it's one less mouth to feed. He's now able to just kind of like take what's given to him. It sounds crazy, but I believe it. I think that his targets will go more. It'll just be spread around evenly. If you have a game where Deontay Johnson is targeted 15 to 16 times, things have gone drastically wrong. If you have a game, think about what you saw in Denver against Denver. Six to Claypool, two to Deontay Johnson, just spreading the ball around. I think five to Najee. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. All right, Eric, he askew, I think I said that correctly. He's even though he's leading the receiving core in many of almost every and almost every statistic, why do people still crap on Chase Claypool? He does have some drops on some tough catches, but you'd think based on people's comments, that he's the worst receiver in the NFL. Now, Eric, you must follow people that I don't. Um, I have not seen a lot of Chase Claypool hate. There's a lot of people that I think their opinion of Chase Claypool has changed between last year and this year for a couple things. Number one, they hate the social media thing. Uh, They hate that he's on TikTok and that he was trending in that direction. Uh, They hate the the fight that he was a part of in the offseason. It was a bad look. No way around that. Uh, I think they also hate the fact that he was the one that got into a skirmish with Minka Fitzpatrick. And that has people with a bad taste in their mouth. And so you add all these things up. If a player goes out and still plays great, they'll put all that stuff to the side. But when you make a mistake or you have drops or you get hurt, in which case Claypool was hurt against Green Bay. He did not dress because of a hamstring injury. He has had some drops. They've been contested catches, but catches that you hope a number one wide receiver would make. Again, I'm not crapping on Chase Claypool. I think he is brimming with potential, and I think that with Juju Smith-Schuster out, he is going to explode. He and James Washington and Deontay Johnson, if those three can stay healthy, this wide receiving core will be just fine. You heard it here first. Brian Haynes asked another question. Do you think that Juju will come back next year? And is he able, if healthy, of course, to return this year? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Brian. Good question. I don't think Juju will be back next year. I think one of the main reasons he took less to come to Pittsburgh was because of Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that it's obvious that Ben Roethlisberger might be in his last year. With that being said, I think that if you think about Juju's production – even before the injury, it's not really worth what the Steelers are paying him this year. I think he's making roughly $8 million a year. I mean, I'm sorry, he's not producing at an $8 million a year level. I'd rather sign James Washington cheaper and have him than Juju Smith-Schuster back. Again, nothing against Juju Smith-Schuster. This is a business decision, people. That's just my own opinion. Dibs 24 says, I keep hearing people say, keep Kalen Balaj and cut Snell. But people don't realize Snell is a damn good special teams player. His words, not mine. Question is, does Balaj offer any special teams play? That's a good question, and I don't know if he does. I'd love to be able to say, ah, I, yes, I let me. I didn't look at the snap counts or anything. But Snell is the one that is noticeable, unfortunately, for sometimes for the bad reasons, like the holding call against Denver on special teams. So Snell does provide some value. That's a very good point. Pitt Sportbot asks, do you think that the Denver win was a step in the positive direct direction for the season trajectory or just a flash? Well, I mean, to answer your question, I'm going to go back to the whole first segment. And that is the fact that we don't know. I mean, we we thought that the first win of the season against Buffalo was going to be, wow, that this season's going to be great. And then they lose three in a row. So 
I'm just trying to take it one game at a time. Do I think it, there was a lot of positive direction? The trajectory of this team should be going up, but I've also learned it, lived long enough to know that it could just be a flash in the pan. All right, let's see here. Uh, Brian asks another one. If you could have one, what Hall of Fame player from the Steelers only would you add to this team? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Wow. You know what? Knowing the team that the Steelers have now, this is tough because there's a couple positions I would want to target. I'm tempted to go cornerback, but I'm not going to go with the cornerback. I wanted to say Rod Woodson. Like, that was the first name that came to mind. Like, give me Rod Woodson opposite Joe Hayden. That'd be one heck of a duo. You'd get a lot of coverage sacks that way. But I'm going to go on offense. I'm going to go offensive line. Give me, give me Dermani Dawson. Give me Dermani Dawson at center. That's who I would love to have. I think he'd be a great glue piece for that offensive line, really opening up some holes. So there you go. All right, Caleb Schilling asks, after, he says, after every after Sunday, I think it's definitely safe to say that Big Ben was only struggling due to the one-dimensional offense and poor O-line prior to week five. Do you agree? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew, hashtag Ben still has it. I think that if Ben has time, and if Ben trusts that the offensive line will give him time, he can still make the plays. Those are big ifs, though. Those are big ifs. So what I'm what I'm talking about is early in the game, if Roethlisberger has time and he's getting a feel for, all right, these guys are going to keep these. This pass rush isn't going to get to me much today. Yeah, they'll probably get home a couple times, but this offensive line's grooving. Think back to when, like Las Vegas, Ben. Every time he stepped back, he probably thought, "I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed." There were plays that were probably called that he said, "This is this is going to hurt." If he trusts the line, I think he can still make the plays to answer your question. Jay Campbell says, do you believe that last week's game plan of a balanced offensive attack pending the O-line growth is the key to more wins? Also, does James Spear constantly getting beat deep concern you? So first question, uh, I think the balanced offensive attack, if they can get the O-line to grow as you mentioned, yes, it will equate to more wins. If, if you can keep Ben Roethlisberger's stat line under 35 attempts, and you can run the ball as many times as they did with success. And Najee Harris, you know, averaging over five, I think. And as a team, they're averaging over four in that game. That's what you want. As for James Pierre, I mean, cornerbacks get beat. They do. It's the National Football League. Cornerbacks get beat. Um, but at the same time, I always want to see the response. So if a cornerback gets beat, okay, how do they respond? Does a cornerback just kind of shut down? Artie Burns, Justin Lane, kind of just, uh, they're, they're done. Mentally, they're done. No, James Pierre did not. This guy's an undrafted player two years ago. He's a second-year player that wasn't drafted, and he's been thrust into a pretty big role considering Cam Sutton was out with a groin injury. I thought he played pretty well. Yes, he gave up a big play, and yes, I was pissed off about that on Monday, but I think he also came back Showed some resiliency. I like that. Phil D says, Terrell Edmonds, if he's as good as the Twitter trolls say he is, then why didn't the team pick up his option? In my honest opinion, he has been a total disappointment. Well, Phil, I think I, I see both sides of this coin, and I know he's been, it, it, he and other fans have been getting into it in, in my mentions at time to time, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, I think Edmonds is just a not, he's not a flashy player. He's a player that's just going to go out there. He's going to do his job. This year especially, you haven't seen him much at all, and that's not a bad thing. That means he's doing his job. 
The offense is not targeting him. They're not finding him as the mismatch. And so when I think about this, Terrell Edmonds is playing well this year. He is. And the reason why they didn't pick up his contract or his option, it was financial reasons. You're going to have to pick up either Minka's or Edmonds. You're probably not going to be able to want to put, put all that money into two safeties for just one season. If I'm the Steelers, I'm trying to sign Terrell Edmonds at the end of this year before the new league year starts. Now, if he's smart, he's not signing then. He's signing unless he has some like, hey, I'm going to honor the Steelers. They're the ones that took a leap of faith of me. They're the ones that signed. It got me in the first-round pick. Unless he has that approach, I, he's, if I'm Terrell Edmonds, I'm testing free agency. But I, I just think that, if you know, Phil, to answer your question, it's in the middle. He's not playing out of this world because you don't notice him, but he's also not playing horribly because you don't notice him. That's just who he is. Now, if you can't blame him for his draft position. And there were some people that said he was a third-round pick, and the Steelers took him in the first. Not Terrell Edmonds' fault that the Steelers took him in the first. Keep that in mind. All right, Thomas asks, do you think the Steelers make some kind of trade over the next few weeks? Hashtag ride or die. also can't wait to see players like Banner and Tuit come back soon. I don't know if they make a trade, to be honest. They have traded, and you think about Akello Witherspoon. Like, what a flipping waste that is. Unless this kid comes out and gains the trust of the Steelers, why in the world would you trade for someone that's going to be inactive every week? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. I never will get it. And you can try to explain it. I don't get it. But I don't think they're going to make any more trades to answer your question. And I'm excited for Banner and Tua to come back as well. All right, Joshua asks, Hey, Jeff, just started listening to BTSC this past offseason and love it. Thank you for listening, and thank you for finding us. We appreciate it. He said, My buddy is a Seahawks fan, and I are driving from Florida from the game on Sunday night. I have two questions. Number one, is the crowd yelling muth when Pat catches a ball? Just want to make sure I'm yelling the right thing. I do believe they do that. I'll, I will double-check with Dave Schofield. He was at the game this past Sunday. He would be the one to tell you. He said, and two, are we still going are we still going to yell woo-woo Kenny Woo when Ant Mac gets on the field and makes a play? Hashtag ride or die crew. If you don't know what he's talking about, I think that was a Steelers preview podcast, and somehow we got talking about the Mighty Ducks, and Anthony McFarland somehow got mixed into this, and we started talking about Kenny Woo. And if you've ever seen Mighty Ducks 2, Kenny Woo is the figure skater who turns into a hockey player, and when he scores the goal, the announcer goes, Woo, woo, Kenny, woo. It's just, <laughs> it's something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I honestly don't know why I remember that so much, but I do love those movies. All right, moving on. And Chris Berman would say, and uh, we continue. Jordan Chambers, how do you feel about Schobert? The only player with more tackles on the team is Minka. He's great on the stat sheet, but personally, I haven't seen him jump off the screen. Do you think he's getting enough attention or are we not appreciating him enough? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Um, I think Schobert has struggled at times. Uh, he's, again, people have to understand it, these NFL playbooks are not, they're not small paperbacks. Th- these things are three ring binders that are thick. And he has to understand, as one of the key cogs, like a hub of a wheel, he has to understand what everyone is supposed to be doing on every play. That's a tall task for a veteran let alone for a veteran that just got plugged into a new system at in training camp. 
He's still getting acclimated. I have seen improvement in Joe Schobert. He looks more comfortable. He's moving. It looks like he's moving more freely on the football field. So in that regard, I think he's making some positive steps. Let's hope that continues. Kyle Christ. Oh, my gosh. Kyle Christ tweeted me. Kyle Christ, everyone. Kyle Christ, yes, the host of What Ian's Talking Bad. Everyone's favorite show on the Behind the Steel Curtain platform on Fridays. I have to say something to Kyle. Now, Kyle, I listen to your show every week. I love it. I laugh out loud on my way home from work. But my goodness, my friend, listen to me. It is behind the steel curtain. At least on two occasions now, you have said BTCS. What kind of curtain steel are you selling, my friend? Come on, man. You're a part of the team. You don't see people going out there saying, ah, you go down there and the Steelers, the Steeler Pittsburgh, come on, get your team right. You're on our team now. It's the behind the steel curtain, BTSC. Anyways, Kyle's question. So honored that he sent me one. He said, who loses a hat when Zach Banner and Ant Mac are elevated to the 53? Well, Banner is easy. Juju IR Banner on. That's the easy one. The difficult one is going to be Anthony McFarland. There was a time where David Schofield and I talked about this, and we thought it was going to be Rashad Coward. But Rashad Coward, got uh, he got waived, and he actually got picked up by Jacksonville, so it's not him. So now I'm thinking it's going to come from the running back room. I think it's actually going to be uh, – I think it's going to be Kalen Balaj. I think he's the one that's going to go, and Anthony McFarland's going to fill that spot. And so that, you might not like it, but I think that's – if they go another route, maybe they waive Cody White. Cody White, who would just sign to the 53-man roster, they might say, we're going to cut Cody White, we're going to bring Anthony McFarland on, and then if they have to promote – uh, someone like Anthony Miller, who was just signed, they could do that. There's a lot of moving pieces, but my bet is they're just going to take a running back out. All right, Cheeseball10 says, do you think a player like James Conner could have been influential in Harris's development? If they could have got him at the minimum like Arizona did, why do you think they passed on the opportunity? Hashtag ride or die crew. Cheeseball10. Okay, easy answer to this question. Why in the world, what have you seen that I'm not seeing that would deem it necessary for Harris to have a James Conner type? Has he been a problem off the field? No. Has he been a problem in the locker room? I don't think so. Has he been healthy? Yes. Has he been productive? Unbelievably. Would he be, is he more productive than James Conner would be behind this line? No doubt about it. I get what you're saying, Cheeseball, but I just don't think he's necessary. Najee Harris is a very mature young man, and he is someone that does not need that type of person, in my opinion, in the locker room. Like, what is Benny Snell or anyone else going to tell him? What's James Conner going to tell him? Najee Harris can do things that James Conner could never do. And I love James Conner. Love James Conner. Get that out of the way before I get pit pit emails about people hating on me because of pit. Not saying that. I just think Najee Harris is good. He doesn't need that. All right, Bredica says, what's your favorite Seinfeld episode? Really? I mean, this is tough. I mean, that's one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and you're asking me what's my favorite episode. Um, It's, you know, it's easy to say the master of your own domain because that's just such a funny episode. Kenny Rogers moving in across the street with, with a Kramer and the red light is great. 
but I'm going to have to go with Festivus. I'm a huge Christmas guy. I love the holiday season. I am all about Christmas. Like I'm, I'm talking Clark Griswold. That is me in a nutshell. And so I'm going to have to go with Festivus. I love that episode. The feats of strength, decorating the pole, the airing of grievances. I love it all. I'll take the Festivus episode. Good question. I love those type of questions, by the way. Mark asked, Jeff, what receivers do we have on the practice squad who may have NFL caliber potential? Well, they just signed. The Steelers just signed Anthony Miller, former second-round pick of the Chicago Bears, played there for, I believe, three years, was traded to the Texans, then was released. Steelers pick him up. That's a guy with NFL caliber experience. So there you go. Rob Gu asks, has Juju played his last game for the Steelers? Sadly, I think he has. Uh, I wish that that would be different, but I, honestly, I think the Steelers are just best off moving forward with what they have. Jay Grill asks, would it be worth bringing in Kareth White for a look? He had success for Pittsburgh when he had got his chance. If they needed, to me, if they needed help at running back, it's going to be coming back with Anthony McFarlane. I'm not... I'm not kicking Kareth White's tires unless I feel like it's absolutely necessary. Aiden Blaine says, I know you don't like looking ahead to the draft this early in the season. I really don't. But do you think it would be wiser for the Steelers to draft a quarterback in the first round or try to get a veteran in free agency and use the first round pick to improve the O-line? Russ and Rodgers could be available. So I, I honestly don't care about this question, to be honest. I'm just trying to live out this season. But I do know that you know, if if you take anything that Jay Glazer says worth anything, like, you know, whatever, he's the one that said that Mike Tomlin had told him he has no interest in a first in a rookie quarterback. He wants someone that can win now. Take that for what it's worth. According to Jay Glazer, not me. Coach Travis says, does Banner take someone's spot on the O-line? That's a great question. I feel like that's the million-dollar question. Yes, I think he does. I think that when Zach Banner's healthy, he takes that right tackle role. The question is, what do they do at left tackle? If Dan Moore continues to play well, I just don't see how they take him out of the lineup. We shall see how that plays out. Michael Bell asks, in your opinion, why have the Steelers endured a significant number of groin injuries this year? It seems that this specific type of injury has popped up more this year than any other. First, Michael, yes, you're right. This injury, I've never seen a slew of injuries in one specific soft tissue group, whether it's you know like a hamstring or a quad, groin. Um, it's tough to say why it's happening. I, I, I could go through a million reasons why the Steelers could be suffering a lot of groin injuries and it let's be honest that the groin muscle it's not one muscle it's a, it's there's like three different muscles that all t- take up that inner part of the thigh it could be from planting it could be from the turf it could be from a lot of different things i'm not trying to speculate i'm not a doctor but i did stay at a holiday Inn express last night all right david uh testis asks what are we to make of Tomlin's comment that the Steelers are looking to add a veteran quarterback instead of a rookie next year or whenever Ben retires? I love Ben and think he's going to be all right. Just wondering what your thoughts were and who you think would be a potential target. Um, yeah, like I said, if you trust Jay Glazer, then absolutely you are going to be thinking that they're going to add to I don't know. David, I love your questions, but I, I can't answer that. I have no idea. Let's just try to get through 2021. Okay. Um, Matthias says, if you were coach, would you sit Devin Bush this week just to have him rest through the bye week? If he's good to go Sunday night. Okay. If he's good to go Sunday night, he plays Sunday night. That's my first and foremost. But if he's even a little bit questionable, if he's a little bit iffy, then I'm going to sit him. If the trainer says coach, like he could play if it's the playoffs, but 
this thing could linger. And I, I first by my first question to the trainer would be if I sit him, will it be significantly better in two weeks? And if he says yes, absolutely, then I'm sitting him. That's the kind of conversation you have to have. You have to look long term. Lincoln Henry says, ride or die crew. Thank you very much. He says, opinions on Arthur Millette feels as if he's been uh, quite the steal. Love the show. Thank you, Lincoln. I appreciate the question in the hashtag. I agree that Arthur Millette's been great. They seem to have trust him more now. They're putting him out there more in different settings. I think he's been a very, very big under-the-radar player for the Steelers, especially in the last two to three games. I hope that continues. But good, thank you for pointing him out. I haven't mentioned him on the show, but he deserves it. Thank you. And last question. Gene says, I can't be the only one who thinks Benny Snell should not be playing ahead of Kalen Balaj. Coaches get the big bucks, but I don't see what they can, what they do. Can you give me a hint what they see? So Benny Snell, I get the frustration. I've had it too, but think about special teams play as well. That's important. And it got brought up by an earlier question. You have to think about special teams play because if you don't, yes, I mean, you have to. And if Benny Snell plays special teams and Kalen Balaj doesn't or isn't that good at it, then by all means, that's how you make your decision. Might not be the answer you like, but that's my answer. Okay, folks, another great show. I went a little bit long. These podcasts always do. And I even cut um, I even cut this a little short, to be honest with you. Uh, I, the first segment, and then, my goodness, these questions are just so good, you got to take some time to answer them. So I thank you all. My ride or die crew is the best. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, so that you can be a part of this live mailbag every single week, every Tuesday. Check out the tweet. On top of that, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Should be your one-stop shop. And then wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, you know how I finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday getting you ready for the Seahawks. Here we go, Steelers.